patients and families are Stoughton Hospital's number one priority. To provide trusted health information to our patients and community, we present Stoughton Hospital Health Talk with Melanie Cole. If you've been told that you have diabetes, you know you have to eat healthy. Everybody tells you that, but what does that even mean? Do you know even where to start? My guest today is Autumn Cumlin. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist at Stoughton Hospital. Autumn, pleasure to have you back with us. What a great guest you are. Please tell us what happens when we eat and why do we need to understand insulin and blood sugar if someone has been told that they have diabetes? Okay. Well, thanks, Melanie. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, when people get the diagnosis of diabetes, um, a lot of times we'd like to um, hopefully do it in the early stages when it's considered um, pre-diabetic or more in the prevention end of things, but sometimes we're not that lucky. Um, but the biggest thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to eat special foods necessarily. The biggest goal is to really get back to healthy eating. And when we focus on that, we're looking at whole grains, you know, fruits, vegetables. Um, you can even eat um, starchy vegetables like peas, corn, and potatoes, but it all really balances down into portions because it's the carbohydrates in some of those foods, the carbohydrate foods, like I mentioned, you know, bread, oatmeal, potatoes, um, brown or white rice, that type of thing, um, that are contributing to carbohydrates. In addition to your fruit has carbohydrates and milk and uh, those starchy veggies, as I mentioned. Um, but basically anything that's not meat and fat has some forms of carbohydrate. Uh, but a misconception is people think because they're diabetic or um, they have to watch their carbohydrate intake, they tend to really eliminate a lot of that. And we want to avoid that because Carbohydrate gets broken down to glucose, which fuels your brain and your cells and gives you the energy that you need. So if you're not eating enough carbohydrates, your body is going to find another way to get that nutrition, and it's usually not in a good way. It's breaking down other components of your body to do so. So we really want to encourage healthy eating, balanced eating, and really looking at portion control. So the biggest thing is focusing on complex carbohydrates, so choosing the whole grain. So when you choose whole grain foods, you're choosing the bread or the rice or the pasta that still has the three components intact. It still has the fiber, the hard outer layer of that grain, still has the germ, which is the fat of the seed, which your B vitamins are prevalent in. And then it also has the white starchy part or the endosperm. So making sure that you have all three components is going to ensure you're getting whole grains, whole wheat, that type of thing, and you're getting that better grain product or the complex carbohydrates. Um, so when you're also looking at um, other foods, you know, drinking, so drinking juice, eat the whole fruit. Starchy carbs like peas and corn and potatoes. It's again about portions. It's not that you can never have a potato or you can never have corn or rice. It's just portions. And so we measure those portions based on how much carbohydrate they provide. For most people that get diagnosed with diabetes, we recommend anywhere from 45 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per meal. So some people will go and do that carb counting where they can exchange them, but a lot of people find it easier just to say 45 to 60 grams and really focusing on food labels, not just looking at total sugars because the sugars are already included in total carbohydrates. So you really want to look at the big picture. So total carbohydrates and 
making sure that serving size is what you would consume, and then look at those total grams of carbs that are provided and see where that falls in your 45 to 60 grams per meal. So by doing that, we can be better involved in terms of what we eat and being more consistent with our carbohydrate intake from meal to meal. And so that is going to be helpful and useful for people that are taking oral medications like metformin or taking insulin where you have to know exactly how much carbohydrates to how much you dose with insulin. So the goal, especially in type 2 diabetes, is to really try to keep people off of insulin if possible and try to modify the diet and take their medication as prescribed and try to get their blood levels where they need to be in terms of showing that they're having diabetes management. Wow, Autumn, there's a reason you're such a good guest from Stoughton Hospital. That was an excellent explanation because people are afraid of carbohydrates and they think they cannot eat any of them at all. So I love that you cleared that up. And what are the good ones that you can eat? And you're really pointing out that the bad ones are the processed ones and the white ones and the fake ones ones. And those are the ones that people with diabetes really need to stay away from. So we've talked about carbohydrates. What about things like legumes? Because again, those kind of fit into that category where people are not sure if they can eat beans or lentils, but those things are so good for you. Absolutely. And they're great sources of protein too. So they've got that protein and fiber component. And as you mentioned, yeah, focusing on those good carbohydrates and less of those white flour ones, you know, high starchy ones. Again, not saying you can never have them, but again, they're going to come at a cost in terms of how much carbohydrate you're going to spend. But definitely incorporating legumes and um, beans, you know, sky's the limit. There's so many different types of beans that you can, but you'll get that carb component, but the protein and the fiber will stay with you longer and will slow the rate the blood sugars rise. So they're going to be a really great choice for people to incorporate into their meals and to help blood sugars not rise as rapidly, especially when there's other carbohydrates carbohydrates in the meal. So then explain the term low glycemic index, because you pretty much have, but explain it to the listeners when they hear that. What does that mean? And how do the different foods that we've been talking about so far fit into that category? Well, typically when we're talking about low glycemic, it has to do with how it affects your blood sugar. So typically um, there's a glycemic index, so it's a number from 0 to 100 that they've assigned to a food. Um, either with pure glucose um, is given the arbitrary value of 100. Um, so that represents the relative rise in the blood glucose two hours after consuming the food. So the lower the glycemic number, um, the lower that is going to affect your blood sugar. So we try to, um, some places will designate foods to have certain values. So based on a low glycemic versus a medium versus a high glycemic uh, number, they would know, okay, we'll consume more of the foods that are in the low to medium and less that are in the high. So it just gives another view or another way to look at the foods and how they impact your blood sugars and to try to pick the foods that are going to um, make your blood sugars rise less rapidly and they're going to keep them more consistent um, and, and overall just keeping your blood sugar levels more even. So then speak about a few other types of foods and alcohol. Does that process differently for someone with diabetes? And what about fats? And also, as you're talking about these, speak about snacks because you mentioned fruit, eating the whole fruit. But snacks, you know, people see the granola bars, they see all the sugar in these kinds of snacks. So Fats, alcohol, and snacks, Autumn. 
Sure. Okay, so for fats, obviously we want to really encourage the omega-3 fatty acids, so nuts are going to be a great choice, and, you know, unsalted is going to be your best choice for that. And choosing more nuts that are, you know, not just peanuts, um, peanuts being um, more of a legume, so you want to make sure that also you're getting, you know, true nuts, so like um, almonds are really good in terms of heart health, for example, walnuts, same thing, um, so a lot of variety there, but just making sure portions is taken into consideration, so it's usually a quarter of a cup or just what fits in the palm of your hands, so incorporating those good heart-healthy fats from nuts, also using olive oil versus other oils, so olive oil is considered the gold standard, and the reason it's considered the gold standard is because it will lower your LDL or your bad cholesterol levels, um, but it also protects the HDL, which is your good cholesterol levels, whereas a lot of our other uh, plant-based oils or like vegetable oils, corn oils, sunflower oil, safflower, they will lower the bad, the LDL, but they also lower your good, your HDL, and that's a risk for heart disease. So you want to make sure that that's protected. So olive oil seems to do the best there. So we say olive oil, peanut oil, um, some people will consider grapeseed oil, different ones like that, but the olive and usually is typically the gold standard. Now, also, when we talk about heart-healthy fats, we're talking about omega-3s as they come from seafood or fish. So salmon and tuna and mackerel being the highest components of those omega-3 fatty acids for, you know, not of a brain health, but also heart health. So that would be the good recommendation for fat is to watch your intake and make sure the fats that you choose are those heart-healthy fats. <clears throat> when we're talking about um, snacks, for example, we want to encourage people to snacks being an extension of the meal. So not thinking about processed packaged things that come in in little bags as having to be snacks, but a snack can be a half a peanut butter sandwich. Um, it could be a handful of nuts and an apple. Um, it could be an apple and peanut butter. So snacks can be uh, many different things, but they should be more thought of as an extension of your meal and not something processed or that a kid would categorize as a snack, like we say fruit snacks, which are not really <laughs> fruit nor really a snack. But, yeah, so you want to make sure you're looking at that um, and making sure that those snacks are good choices. And with there's so many things like, you know, granola bars and, and um, ready-to-go stuff, there are some really great products out there. So, But when you do look at it, look at the nutrition facts label. Look at how many carbohydrates. Look at the serving size. Is it half the bar? Is it whole bar? Um, is it seem like you're going to cost you a lot of carbohydrate for what it's worth, and can you maybe make a better version of it? Um, you know, there's a lot of great resources online that you can find some, some really good um, lower carbohydrates, so you're not spending all your carbohydrates um, on one little snack, but you're keeping it from one to two, so we usually say 15 to 30 grams per snack. And as far as alcohol, what we have to keep in mind with that in diabetes is that alcohol can actually have a negative effect on blood sugars. So what it can do is it can cause blood sugars to dip too low. Um, and in those cases, it could make it so um, the person's blood sugar would dip in dangerous levels um, and bring them down lower than what they should be. So uh, not a recommended way to get your blood sugar's down, obviously, but um, being very mindful and cautious of that, especially when people do combined mixed drinks and they're using like a diet soda and alcohol together. So again, a double, kind of a double whammy, makes your blood sugar go really low and there's absolutely no carbs coming, you know, in from that diet soda to help with that and counteract that at all. So again, used in moderation, um, 
there are people that do have diabetes and they do enjoy it, but they have to learn how to count it and make sure that they're aware of how much and the recommendations, dietary guidelines is five ounces um, alcohol per day for females and up to 10 ounces per day for males. And it, that would be more like looking at wine, for example, or um, you know, 12 ounce can of beer, that kind of thing. So being mindful of the recommended portions, but also how it's going to affect the blood sugar. It's going to make it go lower. So having a snack to counteract it, but maybe not making that also, you know, your um, main thing that you, you dabble in, for example. You're so specific, and that is what's so important about these educational podcasts, Autumn, is is you're specific with the amount of grams and the types of foods. So wrap it up. Give us your best advice and what you tell people about healthy eating when they are diagnosed with diabetes and how important it is to read their labels and understand what a sugar is and understand what a carbohydrate is so that they can get the best, you know, really the best quality food and what their body needs. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing is focus on whole foods as much as possible. Really watch those portions. Um, Trying to find maybe variations of your favorite foods that you like um, and how you can make it better fit your plan. Um, Not going into it thinking, oh my gosh, I can't eat anything. This is horrible. This is terrible. Um, Keep in mind, you know, there is really no have to eat foods. It's really a recommended for everybody to get back to healthy eating and a, a healthy diet like this can be good for anyone, whether they have diabetes or not. So just making sure that you're keeping that in mind and small changes. You know, if you get a diagnosis that you have diabetes, you're not going to change it overnight. Um, but every little step you do towards it, you, if you're typically a soda drinker, you know, work on that, really work on cutting back until there's a point where that you're not drinking soda anymore because soda costs a lot of carbohydrates and it's going to, in fact, um, affect your blood sugars. So start with one thing. You know, maybe you really like a, a big kind of Denny's-like Grand Slam breakfast. You know, find another way. Make some egg pucks on your own with using muffin pan and putting your, you know, half egg whites to one egg and a lot of veggies in it, and then you can just pop them in the oven and you can put them in the freezer. You can reheat them and enjoy them, and it will be much healthier than, you know, running to a fast food place or having an unhealthy, greasy breakfast, for example. But think about the small changes that will have the biggest impact. And then just keeping in mind that, you know, portions is the biggest thing when it comes down to the diabetes um, and having a diet that is controlled is really being mindful of what you're eating. And these are things that, you know, the whole household could benefit from um, is, is trying to be more aware of what you put into your mouth and being mindful of how much sugar something has and could we do without or um, is there a healthier, better option out there that we could change to. So just being open-minded and starting small and making those little changes and just thinking that it's it's not a dreaded diet. It is just how everybody should be eating. Everybody should be focusing on heart healthy, lower sodium, um, you know, less sugar, more whole foods. So that is the main goal I think I would leave everybody with. Absolutely to the point and, and spot on, Autumn. Thank you so much. And it's true. It is how everybody should be eating, whether you have diabetes or not. So thank you so much for coming on with us today again and sharing your incredible expertise and giving us such great advice about healthy eating with diabetes. And that wraps up this episode of Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. Head on over to our website at stoughtonhospital.com for more information and to to get connected with one of your providers. 
If you found this podcast as informative as I did, please share with your friends and your family. I'm sure you know people with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes. Share this show with them because it will help them to eat healthier and be healthier as a result. And don't miss checking out all the other interesting podcasts in our library. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.